0: Blog Talk Hello. Radio. Hello and welcome to Authentic Messengers. My name is Katherine Van Wetter and I will be your host today. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, I will be interviewing different authors from our new book, Life Sparks. All of these interviews will be archived, so if you miss one, you can go to www.blogtalk.com. Forward slash authentic com. Please also visit us on our Facebook page, Authentic Messengers. If you're unable to listen to the to today's show, or if you would like to listen to the other folks that I interviewed in the past weeks, you can again go to our blog talk in order to be able to find the archive shows. So today I'm so excited, this August 9th already, it's hard to believe we're already in the ninth day is Angela Qatar? I was going to really make sure I could pronounce her name right. Anyway, she's one of our authors, and she's founder of The True You Today, and she's dedicated to lifelong learning. She's a teacher, a coach, and encourager, and her clear purpose is to empower others to live an authentic life from their soul center Her quote is, let your soul song sing. And so Angela passionately seeks truth, not only for herself, but she always looks for ways in which to help others do the same for themselves. So welcome to the show, Angela.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: It's wonderful to have you here. And it's always interesting doing Interviews, And I've done this work for many, many years with I've always had the intention of setting it up so that it's more like a dialogue rather than actually being interviewed. So it's with all the listeners and with the folks I'm interviewing to take a nice breath in and, and recognize that it's almost like we're having tea with each other. And just to find out, I'd love to find out more about how you got involved in what you're doing and then to hear about your chapter
1: yes Um, so what has sent me on my journey to discovering and allowing my soul song to sing um, was a divorce I was married for about eight and a half years and It ended in divorce, and that process leading up to that decision and then everything after has taught me the importance of listening to my intuition, listening to my heart, and following it and trusting it. And the result is beyond words. And the more and more I commit to living a life of trusting myself and, and what does my, my heart, where does it lead me? They're just amazing discoveries along the way. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It
0: took a divorce and without you, I certainly don't want to have you expose yourself much, but what you mentioned about trusting your own intuition and for those listening, you know, intuition is, is one of our greatest gifts that oftentimes gets covered up with the other voice that is a little louder, was your intuition for a while saying that something wasn't right with your marriage or was there a part of you that knew you couldn't stay there? Just as much as you would like to share. I don't, I don't you know, want to make you feel yeah. uncomfortable.
1: No. Um, I, and it's interesting you mention discomfort because that's another theme is, is by facing discomfort we can, we can discover many things. And so, in all honesty, I kind of always knew that it wasn't the right thing, but I had to go through the process to discover some other things about myself, and this is in Mm -hmm. hindsight, this is the wisdom I've gained in hindsight, and part of what happened is I had completely buried my intuition altogether, Mm -hmm. and I became ill. I became physically ill with digestive problems, and it just kept getting worse. Um, It had turned into depression, and that's when I reached the point that I either needed to begin medication or something had to change. And and Mm -hmm. that voice was, was pretty much yelling at me, things have to be different. You cannot go on this way. So I tried acupuncture and that that worked and as i started to get healthy again it became very clear that that i could no longer stay in my marriage mm-hmm. and so through that process of gaining my inner strength and it took about 2 years it didn't happen quickly mm-hmm. and and i remember the day i went to my acupuncturist and Even though we're talking about digestive problems, I just blurted out to her, I said, I know what the problem is. I can't be married anymore. I cannot stay in this marriage. Mm -hmm. And then from that moment on, it was was an easy process. Well, in terms of clarity, Mm -hmm. it was clear what steps I needed to take to start healing myself. Wow. It's really amazing, isn't it? When you think
0: about something and then actually let it out into the world and can hear the words, it brings Mm -hmm. on a whole different form either to have go into battle with what part of us heard and what part of us already knows to be true at such a deep, profound level, but to actually bring it out. It's like then you get to see what's going on, and it's it's like you can never push it back or never deny what was said because that that really is the truth. I commend you on on your courage of moving forward. And two years is just a blip in the screen, really, <laughs> compared to I'm sure all the benefits you've gotten as a result. Absolutely. So I'm curious, you talked a little bit about your soul song.
1: What do you mean by soul song? So I've been working on trying to figure out how would you, you know, how would I describe that to someone else? And I think we all can relate to having, again, this sense in in our center that there's something more for us. Mm -hmm. There's some way that we can experience greater joy and greater fulfillment in life. And so the process, again, of learning to trust that and listening, listen to that voice is kind of what I associate with the soul song. The soul is expressing what it wants to be in this world. And when we learn to listen to it, we're allowing that song to be composed and to be, to be released into the world. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And soul song, soul song sounds so wonderful. It's, it's beautiful. And are you actually talking about a song or is it more just in how people relate in the world with their soul?
1: More metaphorically. And actually, mm-hmm. I just remembered kind of what, what gave me the idea for this is the movie Happy Feet. Um, oh, I love that about, movie! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a long time ago, and if I remember correctly, I'm not the best at remembering movies, but it, the penguin didn't have his song, and so the whole movie was about him learning how to express what was inside of him, and he ended up being a tap, dan- you know, doing the tap dancing instead. But it's the same thing, whether it's literally a song or you're a tap dancer or. Whatever it is, it's listening and trusting that inner voice and allowing it to express itself um, freely, without judgment, without worry. And so that's kind of what, what sparked the idea was that movie.
0: Oh, that's great. And I've often wondered what it would be like if everyone danced more. And sang more And you know even if there was Conflict you'd sing like A ballad you know about being in Conflict if there Just the, the mere presence of joy Would help would help people Move through things through their movement And through their song so I think you're on to something
1: I agree I just uh, For what it's worth I just had an image of like You know you're in a conflict Like what if you turned that into like a dance routine Or like a <laughs> A dance-off, like how could you be upset afterward?
0: I know, especially when you do the skanky moves, you know, you learn how to do the the skank leg or whatever that's called. Yeah. Um, Anyway, what have you learned about the discomfort of transformation?
1: So prior, and I would, well, let me preface with I am just now in this last year, really settling in to being comfortable with discomfort. Prior to Mm -hmm. that, I would try to avoid it. I would try to avoid things um, that appeared fearful or confrontational or, you know, just worrying about, well, how are other people going to respond? Or what do other people think? Or what do other people want? And what I... What I understand right now in, in, in my own experience is that the discomfort is showing me that I'm ready to do something bigger and better than I have been. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable because it's new. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to navigate it. I don't, I don't know what to anticipate. I might even have skills I have to develop. But now that I realize the discomfort is just kind of a signal of growth. I'm getting to the point where I can welcome it. I still hmm. I still I'm like, you know, I'm not really wanting this right now, but because I know that it's leading to something bigger and better, I'm willing to work through it. I'm willing to sit with it and just allow it to be because when I allow my discomfort and, and I don't try to shy away from it or push it away, Mm -hmm. it reveals itself like the truth that's trying to come out of you should do this or you should do that. Well, not really should, but this is the direction that will give you greater joy. When I just sit with it, that answer comes sooner. But if I try to push it away, I stay in the discomfort longer.
0: Right. Yeah. The way you, the way you said it was, was so beautiful and simple really because thinking about one of the last things people want to do is change, yet that's always the most consistent thing that happens is change and how we buck up against something that is nudging us to go in a different direction and if we pause without being reactive, if we just paused and with that moment of discomfort, I'm sure there would be another gateway or something that would open that would show someone the way to go be it an inkling or a feeling, a sense, something so how is that working for you? What is your process? If you were to just kind of break it down of what you just got through talking about, talking about an instance where you're uncomfortable and maybe just talking about what that process is like from point A to point B and C and on down
1: Yeah, um, that's a really good question because I, I think I'm still n- new enough at this that I don't completely have a process. But the signals that I notice, um, again, as I focus on listening to my intuition, I can feel in my body, I can feel in my heart center a tightness. So whenever I start feeling that, and then sometimes it even makes it down into my stomach then I know that I need to slow down Mm -hmm. and I need to start listening. And um, I I think most of us can get really busy in life. (laughs) I know I especially can. I have like 60 projects going at once. And so when I start to notice the discomfort, I try to simultaneously figure out what things I can let go of or I can put on hold. Because I also know if I'm really busy, I can't get still and I can't listen. So I try to slow down and I try to do things that are nurturing so that I have all of the inner strength to, to make it through the discomfort.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's you made up, you brought up
0: a, a really – interesting point that is so valid that our body is a wonderful barometer and our body will let us know if we slow down the beating heart or the clenched fists or the mouth that feels real hot and the tongue that's ready to steam out so there are there are physical indicators that will show when one is resisting or they're up against something that could cause a shift was i right in that is that what you're
1: yeah Absolutely, and as you listed, I know another thing that's really common is when my neck and shoulder pain becomes intense. That's usually another pretty good indicator that I need to slow down and, and pay attention. That's when
0: you start wearing your, your shoulders as earrings, they say.
1: Your shoulders <laughs> yes, come up so yes.
0: high that they become like you wear them like earrings. Yep. So congratulations on on being still at the place of being such a learner in how to move through this and still being able to be consciously aware of slowing down enough to notice and then to make that choice point. That choice point. That choice point. Yeah, thank so that's you. That's wonderful. How has this helped you as you've as you've learned about the, what some of the discomforts of transformation are. And I would like to, just for a term of definition, talk to you about or ask you and then ask you how it's helped you. What do you mean by transformation? Because transformation can have different meanings to different folks.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think the easiest way for me to describe transformation is how I was before and how I am now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Before I worked nonstop, I was constantly stressed out. Um, I think it's fair to say that I wasn't very happy with, I, I was doing life out of obligation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did the things everybody's well, in my mind, what I was supposed to do. I went to college. I got married. I had kids. I got a job, a good-paying job. Um, I did all these things, but I I never felt fulfilled. So I'd accomplished one goal, and, I, you know, you sh- the idea would be that, okay, then I would be satisfied, but it, I never was, no matter what I did. And so my transformation has been to do things that I know I want to do, Mm -hmm. to do things that are meaningful for me and not just for someone else. And the transformation has been trusting myself. And I, you know, I still work on that of, of trusting the guidance that I receive. Mm -hmm. And, and so The main the main transformation, even though I still am very busy, is that I have slowed down, and I am making intentional choices rather than um I can't think of a word I want, but like you know choices that I wasn't even c- conscious of. You know, I kind of just went through the motions. Where right, now like being I'm conscious. Yeah, yeah, but now I'm very intentional about most of the choices I make.
0: And how does that, when you come from the place to, of being very intentional? I'm sure sometimes you go by the wayside. Until <laughs> mm-hmm. so we get really good, being unconscious slips in easily. But how have you noticed your life has shifted now that you're being more intentional and being more aware?
1: Things are easier. Mm -hmm. And actually that just triggered another memory. Um, I've been taking some spirituality studies for at least the last five years. And in one of the classes we were going through and the conversation came up that you can learn life's lessons the easy way. And I literally, my jaw dropped open and I asked the, the person facilitating the class So what you're telling me is that this belief I've had that you have to learn your lesson the hard way, that you have to work really, really, really hard for what you get in life, that's not necessarily the whole truth. And they're like, (laughs) yep, you can actually, you can have everything that you have right now and it doesn't have to be a struggle. So that's part of the transformation too is that I am learning how to do life with ease. Mm-hmm. and that's how it's helped me, is doing mm-hmm. life with ease rather than struggling. You know, even just saying it, it's like, man, why did I struggle all those years when I could have <laughs> done it the easy way?
0: Because, isn't <laughs> and, and again, because we've always been told you've got to work hard, you've got to work more hours, money doesn't come mm-hmm. easy, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it becomes yeah. so entrained in us.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's not, you know, depending on where each person is on their own journey and what they understand and believe, it's not like you don't work hard, but what that right. means looks different. It, and when you listen to your soul song and you're doing things that uh, edify that, it's not a struggle. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing things that try to suppress that or counter what that's trying to express, then things are more complicated and it just doesn't feel good.
0: So some of, the ways that, some of the ways that life becomes easier for you then is what I'm hearing and just wanting to, to be able to summarize it a little bit is that when you slow down enough to notice what's going on rather than making a habitual movement, sideways, frontwards of reactions, Instead, you pause for a moment, listen, and then take the right step, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then the cool thing that happens is, um, I should have written down some examples. A thing happens for me all the time. I will decide, Ooh, I, oh, I'll, I'll use this one just because I can remember. So I moved to a new town a couple years ago, and I needed to find the DMV. And I needed to find the post office and it was pretty urgent because my driver's license had expired and something I needed to mail right away. While I was driving somewhere else, like let's say I was going to go to a restaurant. I don't remember. And I took a wrong turn and I drove by the DMV and just down the from the road from the DMV was the post office. And, and in the past, I would have probably been upset that I'd taken the wrong turn. And, you know, I would have maybe even felt, you know, beat myself up about it. But I've learned that if I just go with the flow, go mm-hmm. where I'm led, my, the answers come. And so, again, kind of metaphorically, I took a wrong turn and I just decided to go with it. And inadvertently, I had the answer to two questions show up. And it happens for me often. And you didn't have a
0: headache, nor did you have a lot of na- negative self-talk swirling around.
1: <laughs> exactly, and I still made it to the restaurant. You know, so wow. mm-hmm. a win all the way around.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And you know, it's and I'm I'm wanting you to simplify this as you're talking because so many times people can hear what your teacher told you. And certainly I don't know that the context that she was using, I'm sure she gave a lot of explanation to what she's talking about, but we can hear lots of times that, oh, you listen to your inner voice, slow down, things are going to be good, life's going to be better. And meanwhile, as you've talked so much, there is so many, there are so many distractions and people find ways to keep busy and they become really mindless. And so by slowing down enough, to the the pace of nature in some ways it's you can start finding your own personal compass to find your way.
1: Absolutely and that's hearing you say that back has been very helpful because I realized that that actually is was my number one step and it is like my go to. Mm -hmm. I had to slow down I was forced to slow down in the beginning after my divorce. But in that process, I realized how powerful it was because it's only in those moments when we slow down that this inner voice can be heard. So I think you did. I think you nailed it on the head that that is a key part of the process is slowing down.
0: It's slow-mo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Slow-mo. Yeah. I.
0: So how, with all this, how has it helped you? You've alluded some to how it's helped you, but for a broad picture, how has, um, one, the learning about how to deal with the discomfort of the transformation and also trusting and knowing that discomfort is part of transformation, how has this helped you in your day-to-day life and as you look out into the fullness of your life?
1: One of the first things that comes to mind is it's given me courage to Mm -hmm. take steps that I would not have taken if I stayed with my old paradigm uh, of my old belief system. And I started small. um, But it gave me the courage to, to try something different to go for it. Like what, what did I have to lose? I already wasn't feeling well. So I could only improve the situation. And one very specific example of how it helped me is that I was in a career that was not a good fit. But again, on the outside, and most people's opinion is, well, you have a good, solid career. You make a decent income. Why would you ever want to leave that? And I knew that it wasn't the right fit, And learning these lessons gave me the courage to to step out of it, regardless Mm -hmm. of what most people were, the advice that most people were, that I was receiving was, oh, stay, stick with it, you know, it's a good job, you can, and I, I knew in my heart that it wasn't the right fit for me, and again, having that courage to do it, and then seeing the results afterward of what it was like to have a different kind of job, a job that was more satisfying than what I was doing, then also built my courage to try other things. Mm-hmm. And then one other idea that I just wanted to, um, to mention again is the idea that things don't have to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Recently, I'd say like within the last six months, There was a relationship decision I needed to make, and it was starting to get too complicated. And I reminded myself, wait, life doesn't have to be a struggle. This doesn't have to be hard. And so by learning that lesson, it helped me to get out of a situation that wasn't right much sooner than I would have in the past.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always funny, I heard something, because we talk about tests and we talk about lessons, how oftentimes, like in school, you get your lesson and then you get your test. But in life, many times we get our test, and then if we're humble enough, we get the lesson. <laughs> so it's opposite
1: <laughs> of, what our, of what we learn in school. It's just kind of funny. It is, isn't it? That's, I've never, I don't think I've heard that, and that but it's so true.
0: So I bet your, your kids, and I'm, I'm assuming or thinking that they're probably older, they're probably not little ones anymore, that they get to learn so much from watching you demonstrate a way to walk life that is less stressful and, and more intentional.
1: That is part of my intention, and we're learning and growing together because they actually they are still on the younger side. Um but I, I hope that I instill in them again the power to trust themselves, the power to listen to themselves. They're they're still in school and, and so they'll ask me, Well what am I supposed to do in college or what am I what job am I supposed to have when I get older? And I I try to tell them, Well, pay attention to what you like. You know, explore. Do do what brings you joy don't do something just so that you have have a job, but allow yourself to figure out what really makes you happy. Um, mm. And so, I hope I my intent is that they will embody these lessons. Um, and time will tell. Time will tell,
0: and they're wonderful observers <laughs> and lousy interpreters, and they pick up everything. <laughs> So they're picking up <laughs> yeah. more than they're picking up more probably than you 're aware of, so in your book you're in the, in the book with your chapter in there, um, the title is "From Silence to Soul Song." Do you want to talk a little bit about i 'm sure we 've covered some that's going to be in the book, but more that you would like to cover that
1: will be in the book. Um,
0: as much as you'd sure. like to share.
1: Yeah. So I think just in terms of the title is kind of what I mentioned about the marriage. My marriage was, was about a phase in my life where I was silencing who I really was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel accepted by the world. I always felt a little bit different that I interpret the world differently. So I, I was silencing that because I wanted – I wanted to be accepted, and so, you know, my marriage was kind of a part of that growth process, and then, again, the divorce began the process to being able to sing my song. So what I share in the chapter are the four, I don't know if you'd call them lessons or just Four main areas that I experienced, such as learning how to handle discomfort, the importance of self-care, um, the importance of allowing life to unfold rather than forcing it to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the things that, that I share um, and how my experience helped me learn those lessons. Wow. And that's
0: wonderful that you're going to, that the world is going to be able to read because uh, as we know, the divorce rate is quite high and not only just with divorce you're touching on, it's also with any kind of significant change or anything that gets our attention to do something a little bit different. So in the end, our lives can be more expansive beyond our wildest dreams.
1: Definitely, and I, I appreciate you bringing up the fact that, yes, ch- divorce happened to be my change agent, and I believe the things that I share could help anybody going through a significant change. Mm-hmm. And
0: some of us are lucky enough to have Divorce, and then multiple other things that happen <laughs> mm-hmm. if our if our ego structure is such that no, no, I won't change, I won't change, and so yet another another um, episode comes down the pike, so to speak. So yeah. what do you? Want,
1: that, that, again, I was just going to say really quickly that again reminds me of Do you want to do this the easy way or the hard way? Do yes, you want to we want? want... <laughs> One loss or a bunch of losses? Because <laughs> 'Cause
0: we're waiting right here for you while you keep struggling. I can only imagine, you know, them watching if, if there's a proverbial them up there watching us is with with our little brain struggling so much and it's like it's so easy. They have no idea how easy it yep. is and how difficult they're making this journey. So what are your hopes yep. that what are your hopes um that people will
1: take away from this chapter? Well, one of, the, one of the biggest things is, is that, they, that they do have hope because often at the beginning of a significant transformation, a significant time of change, we, we can become overwhelmed by the immediate circumstances that it's hard to see beyond them. And so I don't know about other people, but if I know what to expect, or at least have a little mm-hmm. bit of a guideline, I can handle just about anything. And so for me, the knowing, oh, okay, discomfort's a normal part of this, all right, I can, you know, I can get through it. Um, so that's, you know, just giving people hope that not only just that this too will pass, but that if, if they're willing to step into it and allow it to be what it needs to be, the reward is going to far outweigh the discomfort. Another hope, um, another thing I I would like for people to take away from this chapter. Uh, it's kind of related, but that again, that awareness, that discomfort and fear, or times of darkness, are are just an indicator that change and growth are happening. Um, Yes. And it doesn't have to be negative. Not that that we have to just put a positive spin on it, but it, it's just it just is. It's it's a thing that happens, and we can give the positive or negative emphasis to it. A third yeah, thing would be our,
0: left to our own defenses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and a
1: third thing. A third thing would be trusting yourself. And I, I don't know if that, that message is clearly communicated in the chapter, but really trusting yourself because I believe we all have the truth within us if we, if we learn how to listen to it. And so just building that trust muscle because we really do know what is best for us and allowing the doubt And whatever guilt or shame or whatever other negative feelings we have allowing those to dissipate and just knowing that we are capable and that we do know what is best for us and what might be best for us in one situation might not be the same in another but that we always know we are making the right choice when we come from that centered space for the moment that we're facing Mm -hmm.
0: That's beautiful because it's it is really interesting as a culture how so many so many of us have been distracted into feeling like the solutions are outside of us that somehow mm-hmm. we will find it outside of us rather than recognizing that everything that we need is right inside of us there There is no out there out there, and I'm sure yeah. you found that. <clears throat> with all your journey, you've, you've found this for yourself.
1: And, and it's not to say that you don't use or you don't collaborate with other people, um, because you do. Because those are the people like a therapist or a practitioner or an acupuncturist, you know, whatever healer type person you see, they're there to help you remember the truth. Mm-hmm. when it's hard for you to remember it for yourself. And, and collaboration
0: so, is so important, sorry, yeah. I wasn't meaning no. not that. I meant that so many times people look for solutions. They don't, they don't trust that inner part of them, that voice that says, this is the way you're supposed to do it, and then not trusting one enough so that they ask somebody, well, do you think I ought to do this? Do you yeah. think? I don't know if you talk to people about, going through the divorce when you were questioning it to, to get feedback from people to see if you were making the right decision or not, if you ever went that route.
1: Um, I asked about two people because I, it, I, there's a, I, I can't quite put, put it into words, but there are certain things that happen that I just know that this is this is, this is what is going to happen or this is the next step. Mm-hmm. What I was seeking was approval. Um, yeah. I already knew that it was the right thing, but I wanted to make sure that other important people in my life approved of my decision. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't, and I, I don't know as I'm talking out loud, I wonder if that's what we often do is it's not so much that we don't trust ourselves, but we want other people to approve of our decision
0: Mm -hmm.
1: rather than just knowing that that is what is best for us and everything else will fall into place.
0: Yeah. I would probably think it's probably a combination of things. And, Mm -hmm. of course, knowing that people will accept us and will love us no matter what our decision is. Mhm. it's hard sometimes when people are looking out of their own eyes of perception with their own stories as we ask them something that could be similar but not the same. And mm-hmm. so it can be hard when you to know what direction to go in when somebody had, for instance, a horrific divorce and certainly didn't want you to go down that road. And others who said, oh, I stayed in the marriage because... I ended up finding that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, and so really being discerning, I'm sure you know with what we hear and that discernment is a good thing,
1: yeah, definitely and and again, those you know everyone the best that they can offer is what they've learned from their own experience, mm-hmm. and then we again coming back to trusting ourselves is we have to take what I would encourage people to do is then take those pieces. That we that have been shared with us, and figure out which one is right for us in the circumstances that we're facing. Right, yeah,
0: and you brought up a point earlier that I think bears to to talk more about is we really live in a culture where there can be instant gratification, and you know, just get her done. If the internet's not fast enough, or the phone's not fast enough, and you know, all the things that come with living in an instant um, instantaneous culture you talked a little bit about change taking time and to be patient um, with the process what are some what are some thoughts or processes that you found to be helpful to remind yourself that change takes time and to be patient what have you found helpful for yourself and that may help those who are listening
1: Again, a good question. I'm, it's helping me try to figure out what my process has been. Uh, I think I'll start with an example, going back to the decision of a career change. I knew for probably two or three years that I was ready to make a change. But I also, at the, well, in the very beginning, I had no idea what else I would do. You know, I, I had invested in receiving a master's degree that I then wouldn't, what, would not be using. Um, and so more of it, I, I'm trying to think. I think where I'm at right now is just an awareness that it does take time and to be patient with it. Because mm-hmm. if we expect something to happen instantaneously, that might lead us back to that part about trying to force a decision
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than allowing. And I, yeah. if I were to identify a process, it might be one of allowing. So now, now when I come to big decisions, Um, I will usually ask the universe a question of, okay, should I do this or should I do that? Rather than going out and seeking information and doing research, ooh, should I do option A or should I do option B? I just allow that question to be out there. And again, kind of like the DMV in the post office, things start showing up in my life that will lead me in a certain direction. And then I start doing my research, and then I investigate more. Um, so that is one of the processes that I've used, knowing that things take time. And just being present in the moment. Also noticing my, my intention behind a decision. Am I trying to make a change or a choice based on anxiety and a need to have My anxiety relieved Or am I making a choice That feels very calm And centered mm-hmm.
0: Especially if people Don't care for what it feels like To feel anxious and Over the top nervous Sometimes you want to mm-hmm. feel like you want to crawl Out of your own, your own skin
1: Yeah and, and I've I have felt that way And I've been blessed that just the way things have evolved is that I've had safe places to feel that way
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: realize despite that feeling, I was still completely safe and completely loved. So mm-hmm. I, didn't need to get, I didn't need to get that feeling away that I could actually just mm-hmm. sit in it and embrace it and wait, wait for the comfort to come because it does. Mm-hmm. And again, usually from again I'll speak just from my experience, when I allow it, when I allow the anxiety of not knowing what is going to happen, the answer comes so quickly.
0: Mhm.
1: But when I try mm-hmm. to feel, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. It it seems to take forever. Right. I can give an example. So, again, when I left my job that I had for 10 years, I was trying really hard to find a different kind of job before I left it. I was was doing all sorts of job searches and nothing for months. I could not find a single thing that would work. And I I don't necessarily recommend this to everyone, but (laughs) I actually quit my job without knowing what I was going to do. And a couple weeks after doing that, and I still had my job, you know, through the summer. So it wasn't like I was, I didn't have a job. But the moment that I said I was quitting, a couple weeks later, I was invited to a birthday party. And at that birthday party, I met somebody who led me to the current job that I hold. Wow. But I, I didn't try to meet that person. I just went to a birthday party and it happened. But when I was trying to find a new job, when I was trying to like, ooh, I've got to have something, it just was not working at all.
0: And so much desperation. And if we think that it's an inside job, having the desperation flow out of somebody it would make it really hard for an opportunity to show up or if it did, it would be met with this desperation (laughs) and Mm -hmm. also not having faith that something would be unfolding. So I take it that you enjoy your job, your current job now.
1: I think I'm on the edge of another transformation. Um, Good. It definitely, it definitely has been a, a perfect fit and it's, Again, it's exactly what it has needed to be the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. But I can feel I can feel those inner feelings of like, okay, change is coming. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting, okay, I can see change is coming and just trying to be patient. All right, where are we headed? What direction are we going this time? Wow.
0: And I'm, I'm, I'm right so- in the middle
1: of it, so I, I don't even know. <laughs>
0: and being right in the middle of it sometimes we can we can lose perspective which brings me up to with all the change that's happening for you how do you what sort of self-care do you do and is self-care important to you
1: it's it would be another part of the putting it back in the context of a process it would be another part that's absolutely crucial in in my opinion so what, what my self-cares look like, and I just, you know, that anybody makes an intentional effort to have self-care, whatever that looks like for them, mine looks like going to either an acupuncturist or massage therapist once or twice a month. When I'm able, I, going back to dancing, I try to dance as often as I can,
0: and mm. sometimes
1: I'm more able to do that than others and but the the, the steady for me is going to either the acupuncturist or the massage therapist because I have a guaranteed time at least twice a month where I get to be completely relaxed and completely in the moment Wow, it, and that's it that's enough for me um, mm-hmm. when I first began I would go every week but now, going you know to at least once a month or twice a month, that's enough to help me sustain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good for you. Good for you for taking time and the touch and that acupuncture are are so wonderful to work it out of your muscles through that. So that's good. Definitely. So as we're as we're beginning to to wrap up, is there anything? that you would like to share in the next few minutes that we've not, that we've not
1: covered? That's a good question. Um, I feel pretty complete. Uh, again, it, you know, for everyone listening, just cannot say enough how important it is to, to learn to love yourself and trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And when when that happens, life can be magical.
0: And as you said, you know, I, once again, we can we can use the words, the importance of loving oneself and trusting oneself. Yet, also recognizing that's a huge area that that many folks are unable to really live out to the fullness of who they are. To live from that point of impeccable and unconditional self love and trusting impeccably of what's going to go, of what's going to be happening in someone's life. And it's really wonderful. I think as as so many things are opening energetically and awarenesses are coming to the forefront, that this is a wonderful practice for all of us to do. Moment by moment, um, through the eyes of each other, to show each other how much how much we love someone and how much they mean to us, so that it can go in to oneself and really begin to live love,
1: live love. Absolutely, mm-hmm. definitely, and that's you know, when we love ourselves, we can only love other people. Mm-hmm. When we don't love ourselves that's i think at least one of the factors of when we have a hard time with other people Mm -hmm. and so it just seems like an amazing healing practice and and baby steps right you you just each day you decide to do a little bit more to really honor yourself and Mm -hmm. through honoring yourself and loving yourself you then in turn extend more love to other people
0: And especially now, um, especially now, it's so important. So I'm
1: so grateful to
0: have been able to spend time with you today, Angela. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to reading your chapter in the book. And for those who are listening, our book um, is coming out. It should be out next week, August 11th and you'll be able to go on to AuthenticMessengers.com to find out more about the book, Life Sparks, and I believe it will also be on Amazon. And so thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. If you possibly would be interested in being an author in another Sparks book, that will be happening in the future. Not sure when, but please... Do not hesitate to contact us at AuthenticMessengers.com for more information. Next week, August, boy, what is it? August 16th. Um, again, the months, the time just seems to be going by so fast, at least in my little world. Um, it, the, my guest is Colette Marie Steppen, and she is a magical speaker an author and artist with a great sense of humor who shares universal, life-transforming information to provide results that will inspire you to soar with her to new heights in the way of the dragons. Um, So please join us next week if you're able. And thank you again, Angela, for taking the time. I have one question. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you please
1: the best way well first of all thank you so much for your time and probably the best way would, would be the true you today which is the word the true you and the number two and the word day at gmail.com
0: great and then do
1: you also have a website yep and the website is the exact same thing but it obviously instead of at gmail it's just dot com Oh, wonderful. Well,
0: thank you so much. Thank you for sharing our time today. Thank you, thank you. And listeners, thank you you again for joining us and do check out our archive show um, of, of the Blog Talk Radio. If you would like to see some shows that you may have missed, please pass this on to others who you think may benefit and also please come to our Facebook page and say hello. So I will talk to you again next week, August 16th. So be well and take good care. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Bye. Bye.